Hi, this is Judy Aronson, Samantha from Friday the 13th, Part 4, the final chapter. And you are listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all of our fans and listeners. We really appreciate the support. Uh, just want to ask everyone to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe. That's the best way to help us grow. You've already done a great job. We really appreciate it. But we, we see big things on the horizon. And I just want to give a shout out to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for at Don't Go Out There. And tonight we have two, we're reviewing the 2005, a movie that I consider really, really good. 2005's The Descent. Uh, I'm just going to, we'll all just jump into our general overview real quick. I remember seeing this movie back in 05, 06, I can't remember. Uh, you know, same story, rented it from Movie Gallery, watched it at home. Uh, this movie has a couple of different horror aspects to me. I'm sure everyone agrees with that. Not only do you have, you know, these crawlers, you know, coming after you, but just the claustrophobia, the way this film is shot, the cinematography, it just makes you, you like Mike says a lot, the, the mood, the atmosphere is very strong in this movie. Uh, that's my general overview. Dustin, you want to go next? Sure, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I hadn't seen this movie until uh, last week. When I was doing my prep work, prep work for this episode, this is my first time actually seeing the movie. I remember when it came out. I'm familiar with it. I just had never gotten around to watching it. Um, after I watched it, i got to be honest with you, it's not one of my favorites, um, which we'll get into why once we do the breakdown scene by scene. But I do think it's a good movie, so I'm not going to just shit on it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not one of my personal favorites. Um, I thought, the, like you said, the cinematography in this movie – really made it because there's some beautiful shots in it, the, the lighting, the mood, uh, it's well done from start to finish. But, uh, yeah, uh, overall decent movie. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with a lot of what Nico said. I really like this movie. Um, it's, it does a lot of like old school, a lot of old school horror things really well. Um, and, you know, it's it's a monster movie, but it's not at the same time, and I like that aspect to it. Uh, I like the claustrophobic feeling you get watching it, uh, at least upon first viewing, when you're really sucked in and 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 you you know know what's going on. Uh, like you guys said, it's shot so well. It's a really well made movie. Uh, the cinematography is great. Uh, I hate to repeat everybody, but it's the truth. And you know, for not shooting in a real cave. Outside of a couple scenes, they do a really good job of making it seem like yeah. these, like this takes place in real caves. Like there's a couple instances where I'm like, eh, eh, not so fast, my friend. But <laughs> most of the movie looks really, really good, and the gore and the effects are good. I really like that aspect of this movie, and I like the story. Uh, it's a really unique set of circumstances where outside of one guy, it's an all-female cast. And I think that's also really unique, not something you see a whole lot. Uh, and I thought it was fun, man. It's a f – f not fun in a like, you know, this is 
cheery and fun, yeah. but fun and like I could pop this in and and watch it a lot, and I think I'd be okay with it because I really enjoy the story. Go ahead, Brian. Tell us why you picked this movie, brother. Um, well, you know, I've tried to with my picks. You know, I picked you know a zombie movie. I picked a vampire movie. I've tried to jump a you know a little bit over the genre um, here and there, but I wanted to make sure that. When I, if I was doing that, that it was films that I really liked, and I really liked The Descent. And, and, you know, it's not really like anything that we've done before, so that was one of the reasons really why yep. I picked it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's not perfect by any means, and I know that, and I acknowledge it. You know, I like it a lot, but it definitely has its flaws, you know. But I really like how it's, you know, it's got this simple idea, you know, that that's real-world terrifying. Like, everything in this in this right. movie, to me, you know, is re- could, could happen in the real world. And, you know, especially the, especially the feeling of claustrophobia, which is horrifying to me because it could really happen in real life this whole thing and shit like i mean it couldn't happen to me because you're not going to see me jumping in some cave you know hell no i have that room down (laughs) but it could happen to some other people just not me um you know i really and i want to say before we even do this that my review and a lot of things that i'm going to say i really is me looking at this as one film because you know i i hate the sequel so much if it doesn't even so that it doesn't even exist to me so my review of some choices in this are not affected at all by the sequel. So I just wanted to put that out there before, uh, before I said what I do. Brian, hey, the, the sequel back off exist. of you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that sequel sucks ass. It is so opposite oh. of this movie for me. Like, Oh, you, know, you, talk, you guys, you guys talk about cash grabs, like with some movies, but which are good, ta- good things sometimes, but that's a cash yes. grab. That was terrible, terrible, yes. terrible. Y'all boys ready to jump into scene by scene? Let's go. All right. The film starts with some river rafting. Uh, Sarah's (laughs) husband, Paul, and their daughter, Jessica, you know, they're cheering them on from the bank. Uh, Juno gives Paul, when they get to, when they get their rafts to the bank, uh, Juno gives Paul, Sarah's husband, an interesting look as they get out of the water. Uh, Sarah and Paul, they're leaving, they're driving off. And, you know, she she makes a comment that Paul looks really distant. And as he's looking at her, they have a head-on collision with another car. And I think it's just some copper pipes. A copper pipe goes straight through his, his, his head, killing him. Sarah wakes up in the hospital. She goes in the hall. You know, she snatches off all of her, like, IVs, all of her, you know, stuff, you know, monitoring her. She rips all that off. And she goes in the hallway. And she just takes, you know, she's calling out Jesse's name. And she's running down the hall. And it's kind of you get kind of a really good look where all these lights that where she's in just keep, you know, going off as she's running. But then it just cuts where she ends up running into Beth's arms. And she said and Beth tells her that her daughter is dead and you got Juno behind her crying. And I just wrote this is very it's, it's really heartbreaking. And then you go yeah. into a title. You go into a title scene. Now we get an overview shot or an overhead shot of the Appalachian Mountains. Then it says one year later. Beth and Sarah are driving to the cabin where everyone's at. Sarah, Sarah is still struggling emotionally, and you can really tell. Juno greets them upon arrival. Sarah goes inside, and she, you know she, you know she gives sister the two sisters Rebecca and Sam a big hug. You know they're happy to see each other. And the the movie makes it known that Sam is a doctor, which will come into play late, later on. Then all the ladies they all start drinking. Uh. Then it goes outside in the evening time. Holly and Sam, you know, they're just talking about this this cave they're going to go explore. Holly says it's not really a thrill. There's, like, handrails and everything. It's not going to be that fun, whatever. Then they all go back inside. They're having girl talk. 
And they make fun of, you know, Beth's pajamas. But let that girl live. She looked good in them. I'm about to say, <laughs> hey, Beth, hey, Beth, call me sometime. A new record. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sarah, Sarah has a she's in bed. She has a nightmare of a pipe going through her head, and you know she's looking out the window or whatever. And she has a nightmare of a pipe going through her head, and then she just wakes up scared. That's the first two scenes I got wrote down. Uh, Brian, give me your thoughts on those two opening scenes, man. Um, actually, the very first note I have written down is: let me get this out of the way. Every girl in this movie call Mike sometime. Yeah, I'll, I, I I have that wrote down. I said. <laughs> Every cat, every member of this cast, minus the husband and daughter, call me some time. So there we go. Let's get it out of the way now. Okay. So, um, you know, the car wreck is, I mean, the car wreck's just brutal. I mean, to me, it's gut-wrenching to me. Like, a part of me is like, is that, is that, it, was it even necessary? But, you know, I guess if you really, really wanted to put Sarah in a, in a, you know, no pun intended, deep hole there, but, you know, she really... I guess it had to be in there, but man, that was that was really hard. It was really hard to watch. You know, Sarah's character in this movie, yeah, shit, she has such a good character arc because I mean, she's she's broken down, beaten by something like that, and then I mean, shit, she's stronger than me because I mean, look, fuck, I don't know if I could go on living in that situation. I mean, it's just that's that's a really really hard thing to say or you know to see too, and it's just, but she goes from that to like a just a goddamn warrior, and at the end of this movie, and so. You know, that's to me, Sarah has an amazing character arc. So I just wanted to point that out there. Um, you know, this isn't some big flashy open, you know, but what what Neil what Neil Marshall, the director, does so well in this is he just he develops these characters. Um, they got a mixture. I guess it's a mixture of that and the actors because they're just they're really believable as friends. I mean, you get all that before they even enter the cave. You know, they've got th their chemistry is really the core of this movie. And it's just it's really I mean, I can see where somebody could, would think that it might be a little bit slow, but to me, it was just really good character development, and that's that's a thin line to walk. You know, that's a thin line to walk in movies, yeah. whether it's it could be boring to some people, and it's really really good character development to some. So, and uh, the last thing I'll say too is jump scares in this movie. You know, we talked a little bit before, a little bit before about them. Like some of them are just way unnecessary, and. The soundtrack is really hard to hear in some parts, and I mean, I thought it was maybe just my TV, but you guys were talking about that too. And then, but the jump scares are really, really loud, mm -hmm. and and jump scares really, a lot of them annoy me. I mean, not not like Nico, but a lot of them do annoy me. But the uh, the jump scare with the um, the uh, nightmare with a pole coming through the window, that shit got me. That that legitimately was like, oh shit, like yeah. that made me jump. So I want to give a shout out to that because jump scares usually don't. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, so what you talked about with it being a thin line between, uh, you know, uh, enjoyable storytelling, character development versus boring or slow necessarily, uh, I guess, that's that's where I was. I teetered back and forth because, right. like I said, I hadn't seen this movie prior to this week. I've watched it four times now, and the reason I had to watch it four times was it took me a while to get into the first part of the movie. I would watch it all the way through, but then I'd be like what the hell happened in the first hour of this movie? Right. And so I'd have to go back and rewatch it. And then once it got to that point to where, like I said, the first hour or so, once it got past that, it's like, Oh shit, it picks up. And so I almost grade this movie on two different scales, by the way, the beginning and then the ending. So, uh, while I thought it was necessary, character development was a bit slow for my taste. Um, uh, first of all, what a douchebag to push, uh, Juno into the water like that. And then just, 
paddle off without her. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. I don't blame Juno for never mind anyway. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh fun fact, apparently they didn't use stunt actors for that. That was really those actresses uh doing the rafting right there. That which I thought was pretty interesting and Absolutely. risky, ballsy. But um yeah, the 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 kill of the husband and the child with the poles through the windshield. It it's kind of like one of those what are the odds to me? It's like what are the odds that poles will go through their two heads and kill them right. and she survives it? Like I don't know. It's believe. I mean, I, it certainly could happen, but it's just like what are the fucking odds of that? And so you had to to me at least I had to suspend a little bit of my belief there. Uh, the scene in the hospital. I like the symbolism of her when she's running down the hallway and just the lights going out. Like it's like a metaphorical for the darkness that's encompassing her life. She can't escape it. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a fun fact about that scene when we get into fun facts. I won't say it now because it's a borderline spoiler. Um, but yeah, overall, the first scenes right there, uh, they spent too much time in the cabin. I, I think I didn't need to. You know, I didn't need all that. I think that it it ate up some some time that I didn't necessarily need to invest in those scenes. And also, I'll leave I'll leave my notes on this. Uh, did they deserve it for drinking such a shitty beer? I mean, they were drinking a lot of Coors Light. Oh but anyway, oh, damn. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> deserve what? We're not even that bad. Wow, <laughs> bro. There goes that sponsorship. Wait, what happened? What happened? You know, oh, I was trying to, to get Coors Light on this pod. I guess I should yeah. unsend that. Delete email. that. Delete that one. <laughs> uh, my bad, yes. my bad. Uh, you're good. Actually, Brian really made a great point. I know I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with Brian to agree with him, but mm, here we go. No, mm. Dustin, always agree no, with me when I'm right. Right. Because Dustin walked one side of that argument, and Brian walked another, and I'm a little bit in the middle. I am really. It does move a little slow, these scenes. Um, but the I like the open because it makes me invest in emotionally in Sarah's character. Uh, you know, however unlikely it may be, her husband and daughter still died. And by the way, I know we're going to get into the character of Juno. But I want to point something out. This last time I watched it was really the first time I ever noticed or paid attention to the fact that there was something going on between Juno and Sarah's husband. Like I honestly, I've seen this two, oh, three other times and I, I never really picked up on it. Maybe cause I'm a guy and I just don't give a shit. Um, it's very possible <laughs> that's the case, but it, it never really rang a bell with me until this most recent watch. So, um, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, paying a little more attention, whatever. But I found that to be kind of an interesting new take for me watching it. I'm like, Oh, 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 more of this shit makes sense in this movie now. Um, but uh, I thought the quick death was out of nowhere, and I think that added to the drama. So, And it wasn't a bad kill. Like, if we're just going off straight-up horror movie stuff, uh, I thought it was a pretty, you know, cool, gory kill. You know, we've seen it in Final Destination 2, you know, right. very similar stuff, but still thought it was a good kill. Um, the daughter dying is really what makes me uh, yeah. invest emotionally in the story of Sarah. So that that's something that I, I that stuck with me the whole movie. Uh why is she agreeing to go on this trip? Yeah. It hasn't it hasn't been that long and I I, I, I mean people grieve differently or whatever, but man, it just seems like a, it seems like a bad idea. 
from the very yeah, jump. I, I kind of took that. I kind of took that as like she's just like you said, trying to overcome people grieve differently, trying right. to move on, do something normal and with her life a little bit because you know, right. shit. That's yeah, that's rough. I, I spoke to that. That shit's rough. So there's a point. Uh, there's some little things here and there that, and it depends on how you view it. Like I said, the character of Juno is very hot and cold because there's certain points in this movie where they make her a clear second antagonist and then they kind of reel that back in and you like Juno. So there's some really like early character development scenes that make me feel, I don't know how to feel about her yet. Um, I actually like these the cabin scenes. I like the scenes where, where they get drunk because of the reason Brian said where it's character development. I'm getting to know these people. It, it went a little long, but I'm glad that they're there. They, they make me invested in all the characters. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, like you said, there's real chemistry there between these women. You, you, you could buy that they're all real friends or, or at least close enough. And uh, I think that helps later. It, it It's yeah. a little lengthy, but it does help later on in the movie. So that's where I am. And the only thing I'll complain about, and I know everyone else probably loves it, but there's a, a shot where you're just getting the uh, the creek or the, or the waterfall or whatever the hell that is. It stays on there for too long, and I'm like, what? We get it. They're in the mountains. And I'm like, all right, come on, man. Let's move <laughs> along. And I know they're yeah. probably doing it for suspense and music, but I'm just kind of like, man, you he does that a couple – the director does that a couple times in this movie where he, he sticks on something a little too long, and I'm like, okay, let's move on. So that's a nitpick, but I like these scenes. They're okay. Uh, I just want to touch on two things before we go into the next couple scenes. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, ganging up on Dustin, but I agree with you two mostly. I like the character, kind of the, it's realistic, you know, you know, watching what they're doing in the cabin. It'd be right. kind of like, you know, watching The Hangover and like not seeing the part where, you know, they're a one man wolf pack just skipping all that, right, you yeah. know, going straight to the casino or whatever. You know, you know, we need to see these girls hang out, you know, see that they have a friendship. I agree with that. Um, and the well, scene where Sarah and Beth are in the car heading to the cabin is a really good, uh, you know, foreshadowing i guess for you know the ending of the movie towards that's really because you know they're both kind of like ah fuck juno kind of you know <laughs> right right yeah My yeah girl. and I, I get what you're saying uh, i don't i don't i don't think that it was uh, something they should have cut out altogether because i agree like you said in the hangover it'd been like jumping from one scene to another the problem with that is in the hangover i was easily engaged with that whole interaction because right. Alan, yeah. Alan, Alan's an idiot and he's, you know, captivating. <laughs> none right, of these yeah. characters, none of these characters at this point in the film grabbed my attention enough. The only one I was emotionally involved with is Sarah because of the shit she went through. So I felt mm -hmm. sorry for, her. I felt empathy towards her. I had zero connection to the rest of the characters here other than I thought Juno might be a snaky bitch, but that's, that's, no. that's, that's the reason. Uh, right. I'm with you. And by the way, I'm glad Brian says that because even in these scenes, I'm not sure how to feel about Juno because there is a part of me that gravitates towards what's in the wrestling world known as heels, uh, yeah. bad guys, mm -hmm. and I get that vibe from Juno from the jump, and I'm like, I kind of want to invest. Now, there's a point of no return even for me uh, later on, but that, that's not yet, and I'm torn on how to feel about her. And see, I'll actually, I actually like uh, Juno. Juno wakes everyone up. Oh, go ahead. No, my bad. I was just going to say, I actually like Juno. And like, that is one of the, 
that's the one of the complaints that I did have about it, and I didn't say it. But you know, if I think that they should have played a little, played that affair up a little bit, because yeah, obviously, obviously, it's it. implied, it's implied, but it's way too, it's it's way too sparsely implied. I mean, they yeah. really should have should yeah. have pl- played that up a little bit, make your feelings what they're supposed to be, what the director intended them to be. I, I, that's That was one of my complaints. Yeah, like have him, uh, you know, for playing that scenario, maybe have the reason that he gets in the wreck because he's looking at his phone texting her. Like, oh, you know, just yeah, yeah, that, you know, that would have been something like, like, oh, shit, okay, we definitely know what's going on now. But Oh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. They should have definitely played that up a little more. Uh, Juno wakes everyone up after a morning run. They take a group picture before they head to the caves. Juno, you know, they once they get there, Juno leaves this book with the, like, I guess it's the cave directions in the car. They head to the caves. They stumble on this dead deer as they hike, you know, to the cave. You know, that this is kind of what's long to me, hiking to the cave. Yes, They climb down was. in the cave. Juno yells. It's beautiful really loud when she gets in. Then I wrote there's another jump scare with these bats, you know, flying out of crevice in the cave. Like I said, no need for all that. The crew descends. The crew descends deep into the cave. Sarah wanders off after hearing some noises. They all sit down to eat. Holly goes first as they enter this tiny tunnel. Sarah is the last to go, and she's stuck and panicking. Juno turns back to help her, and she Juno gives her a really good quote to me. She says, "The worst thing that could happen to you already has, and you're still here." The tunnel starts to collapse on them as they scurry out. Sarah ditches, you know, the bag that has a lot of their ropes and you know gear. Sarah has a dream seeing her daughter's birthday cake, then wakes up with the rest of the crew. They say there's three ways out, but they didn't bring the book. Juno didn't bring them to the cave they registered to. They're in a new cave system. They get to a part of the cave where they have to cross, you know, an opening when there's no bottom in sight. Rebecca successfully crosses and sets up a rope so they can all cross over. Juno takes, you know, she goes last. She takes the hard way over so she can get all their equipment back. Juno loses grip and falls some. Rebecca gets a serious, really, she gets a really bad rope burn. And then Juno climbs back up the cave. There's kind of not a lot that really goes on right now. Right, there's a lot of dialogue there. But, Dustin, you want to go first with your thoughts on that, man? Yeah, sure. And, I mean, all right, so start start from the beginning there. Like you said, when you see Juno kind of look at the book and then just kind of walk off. That to me was foreshadowing of oh fuck like this isn't gonna go how they plan, and right. then uh, you know when when Sarah gets stuck, that should have been a clear indicator, like or when they're craw- even before she gets stuck they're crawling through this tiny ass space. I would have been thinking to myself, are we in the right cave? Because you said this was a tourist attraction. There's handrails. Like something doesn't feel right. This shouldn't yeah. be this this tight. Um, but that scene does a great job of setting the tone as far as the claustrophobia. I d- I'm not claustrophobic at all, but it was a little uneasy but, uh, watching that because being stuck in a cave is mm. some scary shit. Mm. Um, yeah, and this scene, though, was a lot of what I was talking about with the first scene. Uh, as much as that first couple scenes drug to me, this one drug out a little bit more. Um, but it was it was necessary because it shows what they're going through. They're going through this cave and, and they're they're interacting with each other. So you get to see some more character development with how they interact. Um, but to me, I wish Hollywood had shut her damn mouth in those opening scenes. Cause maybe Juno wouldn't have switched out the trails cause she was the one saying this isn't, this isn't going to be exciting. This is, you know, where's the thrill? Where's the thrill? So might've been Holly's fault that all this happened, but 
exactly. you know, d- decent scenes, decent scenes, but again, just drug out a little bit for my taste. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So I actually took a lot of notes during this time only because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget anything. Uh, I like that they take that picture at the very beginning. It's kind of re- it's decent foreshadowing of we're probably not going to be stuck with all these characters at the end. Like there's a reason we see this picture being taken. So I like that. Um, I talked about the scenery shot, some of them being pointless. Um, I need uh, – her name is Holly, right? Hey, I need her to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Ca- caves are caves. Like all caves kind of suck, man. Like not in a, like a a they're boring way, but then they're like, hey, man, you're going underground. Like way the fuck down. Let's relax on it. It's not adventurous enough. No, man. These are fucking caves. Okay. Anyway, um, there is a couple shots when they do their descent. <laughs> where um, <laughs> you can tell it's a green screen, but it's not. It's not terrible. It's 2005, and the budget yeah. they had, I'm sure, yeah, you know, called for stuff like that. And it's and, quick. Uh, it's quick. Yeah, yeah, it's quick. And the bats are digital, or you know, cartoons, or whatever they are. But it's not awful. It doesn't take me out of the movie anyway. Right. Um, the woman that imper- I don't, I don't even remember which one because it happened so fast. But whoever impersonates the count. Uh, that's me. Anytime someone talks about bats, that's one, two. That's me. I'm that guy. Um, yeah, there's some bad. Uh, the, there's a jump scare here with the bats that I really hate. Like it, it doesn't do anything for me. And it was uh, loud as shit. <laughs> you can, you know, there's a scene. Where, yeah, it really was. You know, the scene where they get into the cave and Juno trying to kind of apologize to Sarah. You can tell there's some, some weird fucking vibes there. Um, that you don't really know, you don't really, really know why we know why, but you know, maybe Sarah doesn't quite know why anyways, but just some kind of weird vibes there. And the, you know, the scene where they're going through the fucking small ass pass, uh, passage is mm-hmm. very claustrophobic for me. The yes. first time I watched it, I remember thinking, Jesus, man, like no fucking way would I go through here. I don't care what any mm-hmm. expert or any, you know, adventurous person says, nah, nah, I'm gonna stay right here. Stay right here and chill, man. Um, but it, this movie does a good job making me feel claustrophobic. And I like the, the scene where they discover they're in the wrong caves because of Juno. And I actually think this is the point of no return for me with Juno because this is pretty much done purposely in a way. And I, there's no coming back. And she is a badass later on in this movie, and I give her credit for that. But at the same time, she's the reason they're in the fucking trouble they're in. And mm-hmm. – out, unless you're Jessica Biel, I can't forgive you. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, Juno can call me sometime, but there are levels to this shit. So, <laughs> uh, there's, there's no point of return, in my opinion. I love the pulley scene, though. The scene where they have to make it across the freaking, you know, I'll just call it a trench, whatever you want to call it. It has no end. I love that scene. There's a lot of tension in that scene mm-hmm. that sticks with me. Uh there's a point where I want Juno to fall. Sorry, uh, because it would be you know one less headache. I know she's a badass later, but I'm just saying if she would have fallen right there, it wouldn't have hurt my feelings. Uh, but I like those scenes. I think finding out that this cave is old as shit and there's you know hieroglyphics on it or whatever you want to call it is really good too. So um, I like that collection of scenes. But but like Nico said, there is a lot of dialogue, and so you have to turn your TV way the fuck up. Whoever put this out on Blu-ray, uh, let's crank it up. Let's crank the volume up. But that's all I have on those scenes. Go ahead, Brian. So, 
All right, so I'm going to be the asshole right off the top here. <laughs> um, okay, so we have all these girls, and Sarah is driving the car again? Okay, look, she wasn't exactly – she's not exactly keeping it on the road either. I mean, come on. She's driving like a maniac. I mean, I know it was a year ago, but, I mean, come on. We got we got to have somebody else driving the well, car. She wasn't driving the, the initial. It was her husband that was driving, but I get what you're saying. How was it? Well, yeah, yeah. What's the husband? Well, it, my bad. Oh, because it was on the other side of the road. Yeah, they were in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. My my bad. My bad. I didn't catch that part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so and I'm not really claustrophobic either, um, unless it's like a really tight space. Like I could be in a room or in a cave that's the size of a room and be fine. But like once they start going down that quote unquote pipe, that little crevice, like my claustrophobia is at like a ten. So I mean, and I just want to. I mean, I got to definitely give credit to the cinematography there and how it's shot. I mean, this is a horror movie just from that shit. I mean, it's hard to watch them crawl through those spaces to me. Like, and, and, you know, I get that it's kind of drags on you showing them crawl through it. But I mean, to me, that's very effective, at least for me. Um, I mean, shit, like I said, they're in peril before any monsters or anything. Spoiler alert. Even it comes up later. I mean, they're it, it, like like when Becca was setting the rope lines. I mean, that's 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 what I th I, I made a note of um, because each one of these girls, it's like a huge psychological portion of this movie because each one of the girls are put into situations individually where they each have to step up to the plate to like face those elements of danger, whether it's some whether it's a fucking you know, hanging over a, you know, a, a whole gigantic hole or a crevice or whatever, and, or it's fighting a monster. I mean, every single one of them's tested. So I liked that. I liked that it gave the character development for each one of the, the girls. And it also gave them both or gave them all chances to quote unquote shine throughout the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm with y'all on that. Um, the climbing through the tunnel scene Oof. that that junk that junk is, that junk is horrifying i would fuck that <laughs> and once we got that, there I'm, right once right. we get there i'm turning around let's go back uh yes. there's plenty of beer there's a lot of good snacks at the cabin i've had fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that at, like if you're seeing this for the first time i'm not a, like i remember the first time i ever watched it i wasn't 100 percent sure that we were gonna have you know what we end up having in this movie so to me, that's the horror of, of the movie is being stuck in these fucking tight ass caves, and that's scary enough. You know, we talked about that in Thirty Days a Night with the snow and the cold and the dark being part of the horror, not just the right. vampires. Exactly. Well, with this, exactly. it's kind of the same thing. Where there's two levels of horror in this movie if you immerse yourself in the in the cave with those people, which I try to anyway. And so it definitely adds a completely different layer to the movie. Oh, yeah, that's like at the end of Saw. I mean, even, you know, just being stuck, chained in a yep. nasty yep. bathroom forever. Yeah, yeah that's, that's horrifying. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Holly proceeds. Says she sees something. They find animal hieroglyphics. That's right. I read the same thing, Mike. They find animal hieroglyphics on the wall. Uh, Beth, you know, tells Juno to light up a flare, and she says there's two entrances to this cave. And then I just wrote, there's a, you know, we finally get, you know, a real good look at these crawlers. Uh, Holly runs to daylight. She says she sees daylight, but she falls down this hole. And woof, she breaks her leg horribly. You know, her bone is sticking out of her leg. <laughs> and I wrote, not good, Bob. Uh, they all descend <laughs> down to help her. Uh, Sarah, you know, Sarah kind of wanders off. Uh, Sam, the doctor, you know, like I said, what they mentioned earlier, Sam is helping, you know, dress the wound. And, you know, she's like biting, like, what's that thing called? The, the whatever, the, the little connecting thing. 
she's biting down on it, and they're, like, pushing that bone back in her leg, and it looks horrible. Jesus Christ, that looked terrible. Sarah sees a crawler in her flashlight at the end of the cave, and then we get a jump scare where Juno gets up behind her, and Juno doesn't believe her. She says she's just seeing stuff. Sarah gets back to the group and tells them she saw a man. Rebecca says our highest priority right now is to get Holly out of here. So they go further into the cave. Holly turns on the infrared on her camera. They see a ton of dead animals. Juno has no clue how to get out. They see the crawlers now. You know, the, the part that's in the trailer, that's freaking awesome. They hear the crawlers super loud, and they take off. A crawler attacks Holly. Juno is overrun by crawlers, but kills them with the climbing axe. She hears the noise behind her and stabs Beth right through the neck. Damn. Beth grabs her necklace as she falls down. And I, like I said in our group text earlier, how the I'll, I'll get to it later. Uh, Brian, do you want to go first on this? <laughs> about Beth. <laughs> I, I got a nitpick about Beth later, but go ahead, Brian. Okay, okay. yeah, sure. Um, So I wrote down, because Holly has a bone sticking out of her leg, and then she just says, I, I, I think I hurt my leg. Like, I was just like, oh, you, you think? You, you, you fucking think? Your bone's hanging out of your leg. I think you did, too. Um, So I don't know if you guys have ever seen, because one of my personal favorite movies basically is uh the 60s and actually the remake of the time machine which is based on the hg well the old hg wells novels and um like that's to me what these creatures remind me of like those subhuman creatures or that you know in those movies they were like humans that adapted to living underground with no sun and and to me like that's that's what I think of these monsters as. I never thought of them as something supernatural. That's what I thought of them as. And I know it kind of implied it, kind of didn't, left it all open. But, you know, the fact that they were like vampires or werewolves and that they are like could technically really exist type things, it, you know, adds adds the more to the realism of the movie. And I really like that. Um, you know, another, you know, I know some of these jump scares are dog shit, but the first time you see one of those creatures in the uh, behind Juno to me was a was a big time like oh shit moment. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so Juno kills Beth. I mean, I I, I get that. I, I well, you think she's dead or whatever, and I know it sets up this element later on of betrayal. But I mean, but damn, it was an accident. And you know, it was it was an it was legitimately an accident, and that's what kind of bothers me is that. I don't want to spoil it later on, but, you know, we'll talk about it later on. But, you know, whenever that kind of comes to a pass, but, you know, as an audience member that that's going to come to a, you know, an impasse at some point. And, you know, I, I just I don't know. I hate that. I hate that. I think I have for the uh, for the affair thing, you know, I have forgiven Juno for her transgressions. But, uh, you know, this this was legitimately an accident, I think. And it's just I don't know. I, I hate that for her. I hate it. All right, Mike, before you go, I just want to uh, give Brian props for his beautiful play on words and accident. Hey. Go ahead, Mike. That's the peak of the show. We're not getting any higher than that, pal. Um, <laughs> uh, what I'll say to that is I agree with you for the most part about forgiving Juno for her transgressions because, look, we've all, you know, not maybe, maybe we all haven't done that, but we've all done some stupid stuff. So that's kind of what I meant, like. We all deserve a second chance and all that stuff. I, my biggest problem with Juno, she's the reason they're here. And they don't need to be in this cave where these humanoid things have decided to eat them to pieces. So that's Maybe my not. biggest gripe with Juno. Well, 
I want to well, go with Holly. I want to go with Holly. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dustin on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Holly because I love Gina so much. She's such a badass. I just can't <laughs> help it. I love her. She is a badass. I'm I'm not taking that away from her. All right. So I'm a I I like the practical effects when she breaks her leg. It's gross. Uh, I think they do a really good job with it, or at least I do. I, I think you know, and a lot of other movies, which is kind of why I like this movie because I'm invested in the character so far, is that a lot of other movies they might have left her for dead. But not in this movie, and so I like that they, you know, they there's a real genuine friendship there uh, between the group, or at least you know they want everybody to live and survive. These these damn cave human monster things are fucking gross, man. Like special effects did a great job to me. I think they they look like that's how a almost like a bat person. You know, they talked about how they almost kind of are like bats where they're blind, but they use their ears. A lot, and they've learned to survive in these caves, and I think that the effects show that. So when you get a really good look at one for the first time, I, it's it's believable enough to yeah. me. Like th- this is a bigger like I be, like I'm more scared of this threat than I would be like the monsters from the thing. Like it's and by the way, this movie has a lot of subtle nods to the thing, very very influenced by uh, Carpenter's classic. But I. Uh, I like these scenes. The I agree with you, Brian. This is an accidental death by Juno. She didn't mean to kill Beth. Um, my her biggest her biggest problem is she she lied about it. And I think maybe had she yeah. come clean with Sarah later yep. on, that that you know how that ends up paying off maybe helps her. Um, uh, you know, not spoiling it, but I think if she had just been honest, maybe something different would have happened there. Uh, this and by the way, this animal graveyard doesn't look near as fucking cool as the Lion King. So there you go. <laughs> There's a Lion King reference every show. Uh, I found a way to wiggle that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure if if Mike and I are involved on a show, there's a, at least one Lion King reference here lately. It's one but, of the best uh, movies of all time. I mean, we really <laughs> so no, I, I agree. Okay, so what I said earlier about this film being having two grades to me. Because the beginning was so drug out and it just couldn't captivate me. Now we're getting into the shit. So <laughs> from this point forward, I love this film. And I thought that this was a very well done, all of this. Um, Holly, she deserved it. Sorry to be heartless, but, uh, you know, falling, breaking your leg. You deserve it, ho. You, <laughs> you're the one that was... You're the one that was clamoring for more excitement and saying that you, you don't want to go on the kitty trails. Well, guess what, baby? You ain't That's making true. it out now. So I, I still think they're both responsible because Juno throws the book out of the free- – anyway, that's fine. Go ahead. But, but I, like I said, I think that's a chain reaction. Would Juno have done that you're had right. Holly no, not been right. – okay. Well, so – You're uh, pressured, man. <laughs> but qu- hey, question though. Does the book even matter because they're not Probably in not. any not right. but, any caves that have been – Right, but so I tie that two together. Like, would they have stuck to the original plan? True. Would they have Good switched point. cave systems had she not uh, had Holly been hyping this one up because she's the adrenaline junkie? But um, you know, I thought that the uh, the the crawlers, the makeup was fantastic. I mean, these things look creepy as hell. Uh, it took them, I think, five hours on the first run per person, uh, five hours in a makeup chair to get the look right, and uh, the actors actually had to shave their bodies. So no no hair to, to do their makeup. I I found that interesting. And then uh, they got it down to about three and a half hours after they practiced it. But damn, three and a half hours on makeup per person still 
that that's just incredible uh, attention to detail, and it paid off because these things look gnarly. Um, I thought that uh, right before right before the Beth accidental death, I thought that Juno uh, had her badass moment. I mean, she almost redeemed herself for her slutty ways because when she came up and saved Sam, pickaxe to the back and then snaps the neck, I thought that was a badass scene uh, right before she, like I said, screwed the pooch and uh, accidentally fucked Beth over. But um, yeah, I thought these scenes were really well done. And this is when the, the movie really picks up. And I was actually glued to the screen from this point out. Can I point something out before you go, Nico? Part of me is so like, uh, Juno with that death because I like the character of Beth a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, she's a good friend. Like, uh, and she's kind of hot and I don't really want her to die. And like, again, it is an accident. I do agree with you guys there. Maybe we, but if she, never mind. We'll talk about it down the road. Yeah. Are we in a jump scare now with a crawler? Uh, it screams as Sarah wakes up from a dream. Uh, she sees bones all over the ground. She hears the crawlers coming and hides. She watches them through the camera eat Holly. Rebecca and Sam are hiding together. Sarah accidentally makes a noise. You know, she like, you know, like when you're trying to be super quiet and like you just like make that little like hiccupy noise. That's what Sarah does. And the crawlers get right in her face. And the cinematography with that is so good. You can just feel how scary she is. It's awesome. She notices, you know, they're blind. The crawlers, they leave when Juno yells her name. A crawler is right above Rebecca and Sam, but the two ladies don't even flinch when it tries to, you know. They say that, like, they use, like, like bats echolocation or whatever. And, like I said, just with Sarah, like, this crawler is right above them, too, and you can just feel the tension they're feeling. And as this crawler walks off, the her watch goes off, but she, <laughs> she, she reacts really quick. She grabs her watch off and just chunks it, and then, you know, the crawler just crawls over to the watch. Sarah uses Holly's clothes, a piece of her clothes, to make a torch. Juno is trying to find them. Rebecca and Sam go into another tunnel, but a crawler jumps right in front of Sam, I believe. It attacks her, but Juno stabs it in the back with the axe and then comes up behind her and breaks its neck. Juno tells them they ki- uh, the crawlers killed Holly and Beth. Sam tells them they're blind and they hunt like bats and they're adapted to live in the dark. Juno says she thinks she found a way out. She says she won't leave without Sarah. Sarah leaves Holly and Beth, and Beth calls out for her. She tells her Juno did that to her and don't trust her. She gives her Juno's necklace, which was her husband's. Or I think her husband gave yeah, it to Juno. Juno. Yeah. That's that's the part we were talking about earlier where the dialogue was so low, you really right. couldn't hear like what they were saying about what this, this necklace says. I think it says love each day on it. Beth asked her to put her out of her misery. And, and Jesus, Sarah, you know, she uses a rock and crushes her head. It's better than what Aaron did to Andy in Texas Chainsaw. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 it did. Yes, and I know all of us are probably going to agree with this, but this is my nitpick. Like, how the hell Beth is still alive after getting stabbed through the neck with an axe is yeah. so unbelievable. She should have been dead within seconds of getting stabbed. Right. Uh, Brian, do you want to go first, brother? Um, Next yeah, two sure. scenes are the ending. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot on this because, you know, I kind of really picked up where, um, you know, she's going into the blood, which I guess is the next scene. But I really 
I, I, all my notes here are about how badass Juno is in this. Like, I mean, she's like Dustin she said, almost redeemed herself for everything. She's fucking breaking necks and everything else. And that was she was the highlight of this little section of scenes for me. Um, you know, and I completely I have that in my notes, too. I completely 100 percent agree with you. There is no way that she's surviving that axe to the neck. Like, you know, almost everybody else that gets, you know, something like that happened to them in this movie are out in like, you know, five to ten seconds. I mean, they're done for. They've bled out. And, uh, yeah, there's no way there's no way she would have. I mean, maybe if the axe was still stuck in her neck, maybe you could make an argument that it just you shouldn't bleed out because of that. But I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. I completely agree with you. Right. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I jumped again earlier when I was talking about Juno's kill, but. Uh, it's because these scenes really run together for me because the action does pick up so much. But, uh, yeah, you, you saw that. Juno went from having this look on her face to just being petrified to this look of, fuck it, I'm not dying here. And I thought that was a that was a good transformation for her character. And it really got me back on board with her at this point because I wasn't a fan of her up till now because, like I said, she's a she's a two-time and hoe. And then here she is, like, when she, she mans allegedly. up and <laughs> – Allegedly. When <laughs> allegedly. she – when she puts her big girl panties on and is like, I'm not dying here, fuck it. And she, she goes on that little uh, rampage, even though part of it was accidental by killing Beth. But um, And then, yeah, man, Beth's death, I have a problem with that. I mean, how? yeah, she, she should have bled out, but the fact that you're just going to pick up a rock and smash her face, how do we know that killed her? That might have just gave her CPE. <laughs> so... I thought that was brutal. She should have picked a more, maybe a more humane way to kill her friend. And yeah, what you guys are talking about with the necklace. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of is a call back to the scene where they're in the cabin. Uh, I thought that this part of the cabin was a little bit weird for me. Like they're just talking and all of a sudden Sarah's like, love each day. And everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, that's what, that's what Paul always said. Love each day. And it's like, okay. So I thought that, and when you watch it again, it's like, oh, that's why she said it, because they had to get that in there so that it would make sense later. But uh, so it kind of made that feel forced in the beginning. But, yeah, uh, so that's when uh, Sarah has the the realization. And so it's funny when you go when you look at the rest of the scene, when Juno's like, I'm not leaving Sarah. It's kind of like, mm, bitch, you might want to leave her. Just just get out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, really good scenes. I thought it was it was shot really well. The scenes where, uh, you know, they figure out, okay, we've got to stay quiet. I thought that was, it turned, it turned all the characters involved in these scenes into badasses. And I can't sing the praises of uh, Neil Marshall, the writer and director. I can't sing his praises enough because he's the one that chose to go with an all-female cast. And that had, that's atypical of horror mm-hmm. to have an all female cast. And so I really liked how, regardless of how it turns out for all the characters right in this moment, everyone who's alive is a badass. And yeah. I thought Absolutely. that that speaks volumes to his vision and, and him being progressive in this arena, especially 15 years ago. Absolutely. Exactly. Hey, before you go, Mike, I was just going to say, I agree with you, Dustin. A lot of this, you know, ladies fighting the, crawlers it kind of does run together a little bit because it just cuts from juno then yep. it goes back to sarah then it goes back to rebecca and sam it's yeah. kind of hard to keep up with you know doing scene by scene review and i just want to say uh david gordon green this is how you do a strong woman uh movie without yes. making guys look like wussies uh yep. just saying go ahead yep. mike 
<laughs> I don't think that was all his direction. Um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's influence. But um, so this movie, you guys have said it. This movie does a really good job of making me so confused on how to feel about the character of Juno. Like it is so there's mo- there's minutes where I'm like, I literally have it in my notes. I sent it to you guys. Juno, you bitch. Like I literally wrote out a whole line on my notes just to say that. I, I honestly I can't remember what scene it was, but I'm sure it's it's applicable for a couple times. Um, <laughs> but you guys are right. There's some scenes here where she's a complete badass and she saves her friends, um, and she fights off these crawlers and and she. You look. I'm not gonna hold, although every little path transgression against her that would be not human. You know, people deserve chances to redeem themselves and she almost does it um she comes really close and then she lies about death and then i don't like her again like it's very they almost got me they got me they got me and then she can't bring herself to tell the truth to sarah which i think had she done that it would have turned out differently for her i really do feel that way i think that sarah somewhere in there is still a decent person even though she complete, she turns into a complete badass as well. Like she has just gone off the freaking deep end. She is not dying in these yeah. caves, and it is clear as day. The you know, the, there's a couple scenes in here where she just has these crazy eyes, and it's awesome. I'm like, okay, this is some badass stuff. So like you guys said, everybody kind of gets their moment of badassery, and that's what kind of sticks out in these collection of scenes for me. Um, these, <laughs> it's crazy because. You can almost the we touched on the scene where they're using it by glow stick, right? Mm. They're lighting everything by glow stick. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, they do a really good job in this movie of using different color lighting. Like, there's a bunch of different. There's a red. There's a scene yeah. that's lit red. There's a scene that's lit green. There's a scene that's barely lit. Like, they do a bunch of different stuff. Scene lit entirely by a firelight, and I I think the you know the changes back and forth. Between that is a really good job. I don't know if it was a creative choice or not, but I really like that. Um, and the reveal about Juno to Sarah, you can just tell that she hits a, a fucking switch. She's like, okay, I'll go to war with you, but then but then after that it's on. And by the way, they do go to fucking war. I love what they're about to be. A bad, I mean, they're just a badass tag team. Like if they were, if they were pro wrestlers, they'd be the champions of the world. So I really yeah. like them beating the shit out of these crawlers working would they together. be would they be demolition aka axe and smash axe and smash yeah actually they really would there's probably a bunch that don't get that reference but trust me it's very applicable all these dad jokes this is already my favorite episode <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ. laughs> yeah that's pretty all much right. all i have because the ending is the ending is really where i have a lot to say yeah these the next two scenes are the finale of the movie um, a, a crawler sneaks up on Sarah, but she gets it to the ground and she stomps his head. Sarah goes to leave, but a female crawler chases her. Sarah falls in a pool of blood, and I just put stars on It looks disgusting. Gross. The crawler the crawler grabs her, but Sarah uses his big ass, I think it's a tooth, and stabs it right in the eye. And she goes to get it up, but then she just lays back down on this rock real quick. And a crawler gets right on top of her. Like it's hand, paw, whatever you want to call it, is right on top of her head and and she doesn't even flinch, which is awesome. Then she beats it to death like an OG. <laughs> a whole flock of crawlers charge Juno. Rebecca, they, 
a whole flock of crawlers charge Juno, Rebecca, and Sam. They get to another spot where they, you know, they get to another spot in the cave where they have to climb across it again. Sam, uh, Sam goes to do it, you know, go across, but she's stuck in the middle, hanging, and a crawler is right above her, and it rips her throat out, and it's freaking awesome. And, but she stabbed it with a knife, and it fell into the water below. A crawler then grabs Rebecca and starts eating her stomach while she's alive. That was horrible. Fuck uh, yes. Then Juno jumps down the cave into the pool of water and is met with that same crawler that Sam just stabbed. And she kills it, by, I guess, by, what, re-stabbing it, I guess? It, she really didn't look like she did much. Like, she just stuck the knife in deeper. I don't know. Did some twisty after, action. Yeah, after, after Juno kills that crawler, she climbs up the cave wall, and then Sarah grabs her. Sarah asks, you know, what happened to Beth, but she doesn't. She she just says that they, she's dead. They both uh, light flares and leave. The two run up on three crawlers. They're outnumbered, but still manage to kill all three. A head bash, an eye gouge, and stabbed in the head with an axe. Sarah shows Juno the necklace, then stabs her with the axe, and, and then you hear these crawlers approaching. Sarah runs off. Juno pulls the axe out and is surrounded by crawlers. Sarah falls down a tunnel but runs to daylight. She gets through the hole in the ground and runs to the car. She drives off like a mad woman. She gets to the road and pulls over on the side of the road and cries, and then she pukes as a log truck passes her. When she gets back, when she puts her head back in the window, Juno is there with a jump scare in the passenger seat. And if you watch the U.S. version of this movie, this is where it ends. But the U.K. version and the you know at-home movie it has one more final scene, and they actually cut it in the U.S. because they thought this ending was too depressing. <laughs> she wakes, she wakes up, she wakes up in the cave still, and she sees her daughter again in front of her with the birthday cake. It's just an illusion, and then it just shows the camera panning away from the cave, and you just hear these crawlers screaming. That's the end of the movie. Uh, I'm really glad they actually showed the the U.K. version because if it just ended with the Juno scream, that'd have been pretty god awful to, to me personally uh this was brian's movie we're gonna let him go last guys how's that sound mike you want to go first Perfect. on the ending yeah yeah i'll go first because i kind of jumped the gun but honestly it's because these scenes do run together at the end here they there's a lot of you know crawler killing and 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 the and the women dying i think the scene where the one um i don't even remember which one it's one of the it's one of the sisters where her insides get eight. That looks really good. Like it, it looks like somebody's insides. I think the effects are really good there. I like the one that takes a crawler with her. Um, you know, she she knows she's gonna die. She's stuck up there, but she takes a crawler with her, and I think that's kind of a cool. So again, everyone kind of gets well, except the one who gets her insides eaten. That kind of sucks. But you know, she gets <laughs> the one that. Well, yeah. Uh, but at least one of them gets a moment, and I like. You know, like you guys have mentioned, like we've said, Juno's got some badass kills here, man. Her, the head smash against the cave, the underwater kill I thought was kind of cool because I won't, I won't lie, that one kind of got me, which is very tough to do because I was not, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting that thing to wake up the first time I ever saw that. I probably should have though, uh, <laughs> horror 101, pal. But um, I thought that was a, a really cool kill. And I, again, I mentioned it earlier. I like the team of these two. Uh, going on a killing spree together really you know it's it's and it's all lit by fire and it looks really good um the end i'm torn on because we've talked about it this whole time i won't say that sarah killed juno she left her for dead though there is a difference uh is it 
do two wrongs make a right? No. But did all right, I'm gonna put this axe in your leg, you're on your own. Okay. I mean it's kinda like a you killed Beth. I'm gonna put this axe in your leg. See you later. And I'm not saying that she's justified in doing so, but it doesn't bother me. Like it, I don't see I mean all the stuff that I mean she was sleeping with her husband, don't say allegedly, damn it. She was sleeping with her husband. She killed her best friend on accident. I agree, but all of that combined together, and the you know you get that necklace that has her husband saying on it, and it was Juno's. All of that built up, and all I think all Juno had to do was come forward about killing Beth on accident. I think that's all it would have taken, and Sarah would have at least you know gave you know them a chance together to fight and live another day. And she did not give a shit about Juno living. And so whether I like that or not, eh, I would have rather Sarah been a little bit more redeemable since we followed her her character arc throughout this whole movie. I probably wouldn't have done that, but uh, it, it, it doesn't bother me because Juno is a badass. She's a very cool character. So it's really hard to, uh, to, to you know, uh, split the difference. The endings, I like the UK version too because not everything gets a happy ending. And I like that they made the decision to, nope, all a dream. Back in the cave. Uh, I like that. I understand the U.S. version, but the ending with Juno in the car, or dead Juno in the car, whatever, that sucked. So I'm really glad that I ended up being a dream in the version that I have on DVD. Uh, the Blu-ray gives you the chance to watch either one, which they're the same damn movie minus the ending. So I don't, I don't really know why, but okay. Uh, I yeah. So her crawl. And by the way, another Lion King reference. Her crawl is like. Simba crawling in the rain. I don't know if anybody noticed that too, but just <laughs> I throw that her crawl up all the bones and it's kind of cool, but it looks a lot like Simba in, in the final scene when he's crawling up Pride Rock. All right, there you go. We're off the rails. We're off the rails. It's true. Go back and watch it. I'm gonna put the music. I'm gonna put the Lion King music to that scene. In Matter of fact, Dustin, you have the technology. You do. <laughs> You're gonna ruin the movie for me. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, right. hey, Dustin, hey, Dustin yeah. before you go, I just want to uh, make one point about the ending. Yeah. I understand where uh, Sarah's coming from. You know, she's mad that, you know, Juno's you know, was having an affair with her husband, was, uh, you know, killed Beth. Uh, but to me, if I was Sarah, I need to understand that Juno just helped me kill three of these crawlers. Yeah. I kind of need Juno maybe to help me get out of this damn cave. If I don't want to talk to this bitch ever again after we get out, maybe that's fine. Um, but strictly from a survival point, two is better than one, <laughs> just by sheer numbers. Um, I, I think she kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I think she might have been a little too emotional, you know, just killing, leaving Juno for dead, in my, just my opinion. I agree. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Juno, Juno proved she could fight and help her get out of there. I would have, uh, I, I probably would have just, not maybe forgave Juno, but I would have just said, uh, we can be teammates right now, but after we get out of here, we're done. That's just me. Go ahead, Dustin. All right, yeah, so um, I want to say that once, who was it, uh, Sam, once Sam died and it got down to the final three, the ending became a little predictable to me. I saw where we're going. It's like, okay, there's only one going to make it out of this cave. Like, I and maybe maybe I was making an assumption there, but it turned out to be true. Um, I could that kind of ruined the ending for me, but it didn't take away from it. Um, I do. It's kind of interesting about Juno. She tried not to lie. If you go back and watch, she never said who killed Beth. All she said was Beth didn't make it. Beth died. 
And so she it's not that she necessarily lied, she just omitted some details like of the we're, truth. We're really going out of our way to justify Juno's like goodness. <laughs> no, she did she all she had to say was I killed Juno. That's it. Or right. I killed that. That's it. That's right, it's but, that easy. But when well, when it. when you go back, she says uh, Holly was eaten. And then she goes, Beth didn't make it. Like she was careful about her wording there. And so that that was definitely intentional. Um also, the you know, there's a callback. I meant to mention this earlier. There's a scene where one of the women say, when they're explaining the the crawlers, they say that you know they they go to the surface to eat. There's a callback uh, and you know, flashback to when they're first coming upon the cage or the caves, and you see that dead was a moose or an elk outside the cave. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, okay. And so then it all comes together. Like all the big pile of bones next to the exit. Which, by the way, that's one of the things I have to criticize about this. When they're in the night vision, uh, the night vision camera, the bones and skulls, they looked obviously fake to me. Yeah. I don't know. Like they, they, were, too, they were too shiny and polished white. Too white, yes, absolutely. And that's so about the same thing. The, you know, the, I get it. it, was, it was, it's, obviously it's not real skulls, but they could have done something. To, it wouldn't have taken any more to the budget, I don't think, to make them a little dirty. But that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. That's fine. Um, the end scene, I thought that, yeah, once, once Sarah crawled through the, the grenadine lake and she's just dripping red, she got this crazy ass look in her eyes and that's when you knew, okay, this, she really is a bad bitch. She didn't necessarily kill Juno, but that was kind of a dick move. She basically killed Juno. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's going wait, out. So we're, so, so we're going out of our way to, okay, well, well then Juno murdered Beth. <laughs> Yeah, she did. I didn't say she didn't. I said, I, said that, I said that she didn't lie. She said she didn't make it. And she just didn't say that I'm the reason she didn't make it. So got to be honest about that. That's regardless. Um, another another thing about this scene that I thought was uh, interesting is why in the blue hell would you want to <laughs> keep this necklace that your husband gave to another woman? Like when her hand sticks up out of the hole when she finally makes it to, to, to daylight, why is she holding on to that necklace? If that was my cheating spouse that had given it to my alleged best friend, I would be leaving that damn necklace down in the cave with her to die. Like I wouldn't want that that memory. Um, I watched this film, like I said, four times this past week. I I don't own the movie, so I only watched it on Hulu. Hulu actually only has the American ending. They don't have that additional scene. I did see the additional scene when I was doing some research on the film. So um, I know what you're talking about, but in, on the Hulu version, it ends with Juno, uh, Juno's zombie corpse in the, in the passenger side there. And I actually don't have a problem with that ending because she'd kind of been losing her mind the whole movie anyway. And so that leaves it up to interpretation of what's actually real, which I'll get into that. Uh, once we do fun facts, I've, I've got a little, little tidbit there. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was an okay ending. I do like the ending, though, where she wakes up and she's in the cave again. So I, I like that better, but I don't have a problem with the U.S. ending. Overall, I, I really like the finale to the movie, even though I just nitpicked a few things. I did enjoy the ending. Yeah, so um, I talked a little bit about earlier about, you know, Sarah's character arc. You know, I mean, and this is – where she where she's crawling through that blood and she really gets that you know we 
talk about symbolism earlier. I mean, she really gets that metaphorical like rebirth there when she comes up and she's just a fucking warrior, at, you know, from from there on out. I mean, she was a fighter before because, I mean, hell, you have to be to even survive mentally what the hell she had to go through with her husband and her daughter, you know, dying in that crash. I could I mean, honest, I, I can't talk about that enough. The mental toll I'm sure that took on her. So she was a fighter before. But now, I mean, physically, she's just, you know, a, a badass. Um, you know, and that those the scenes with her and uh, Juno just fucking going at it and fighting, you know, fighting all these uh, uh, Volt, Lord Voldemort's off, um, <laughs> gouging eyes out, slamming heads against rocks. I mean, one of to, uh, spoiler alerts is tied for one of my favorite kills of the movie. But when Juno, you know, puts a flare in one of their mouths and then oh, sticks, so you know, sticks the climbing axe in his head, I fucking loved that kill. Um, I thought that was just amazing. Okay, so. The big scene between Juno and Sarah, I thought that the way this was shot and there wasn't even any there wasn't even any dialogue because there wasn't even any words needed between them. It was just a look. And then it was just looks that all needed to convey. I mean, she drops that necklace. You saw, um, you know, Juno's reaction to that. And you think, you know, oh, shit. All right. Well, here it comes. And, you know, I get it. I get it. I just talked about how much shit she'd gone through. I understand. And I get that Sarah's not, you know, thinking straight here. But, you know, what she's gone again has been unbelievable or gone through has been unbelievable again. But damn, like you for real, you just for real murdered Juno. Like there's no way. And look, before anybody says shit, I know that she supposedly survives for the second movie, which is dog shit, by the way. There's no way you're going to get stabbed in the leg like that, left for like 50 or 60. I call them Lord Voldemort's because they all fucking look like those little monsters look like Lord Voldemort from Harry Potter. But uh, <laughs> like, look, I, every, you know, every single there's like 50 or 60 of them come in or whatever. There's no way that even if she somehow survives those things, there's no way that she doesn't get an affection in her leg and die. She's dead. There's no way that's so. I mean, for real, you just murdered her. So, I mean, that's and and is that a little bit of an overreaction? I think so. It's a lot of bit of overreaction because you didn't get any details about the affair. I know it's just, you know, but but what she's gone through, she's obviously clearly not thinking straight. And, you know, I, I get that. Um, but. All right. So but to me, like a much better ending would have been, you know, having been like Juno redeem herself like by maybe sacrificing herself willingly to save Sarah that would have redeemed her character arc to me. And I think that would have to me made a much better ending than, all right, well you fucked up some stuff. You made me mad. You killed somebody by accident. Now I'm going to fucking kill you. And it's just, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really care for that. And the, my last little nitpick is about the ending. Um, you know, the old saying that you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. To me, like, that's how it that's how it is about these endings. You got two endings. I really don't feel like you had one. And I really feel like that the 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 people they never really knew how to really end this movie. And honestly, that kind of showed um, I had the same nitpick as Dustin about the skulls. Like that was really noticeable when she was climbing up the skulls. Yeah. They did not. They looked plastic and didn't look real at all. But, uh, you know, that that's kind of my I didn't really care for the ending at all. Um so that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, y'all ready to jump into some fun facts? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Does uh, anybody want to go first on these fun facts? Or I can. It doesn't matter. I've only yeah, got go one. I've only got one thing. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got go ahead, four. Go, you can go ahead and go, Brian. You can get your. 
Mine's not really fun. mine's not really a fun fact. It was just like something I read that I thought was really funny because it was a, a way to look at this movie that I never really thought about before. But uh, I got this off actually movie web. But in a 2006 interview that you know, Neil Marshall explained, this isn't about six cavers being attacked by savage monsters. This is a film about a happy society of savage monsters being attacked by these girls because they kind of, you know, just out of out of plain terror and pain as the crawlers do. So ultimately, the descent is a meditation on what people are capable of and doing in order to survive. So I thought that was a pretty uh, interesting way to look at the movie. Hey, that's what I had, Brian. So yeah, that's all I had, and I agreed. Oh. I I thought that was super damn interesting. No, no, that's great. At least one of us brought it up because that is a different way to look at the movie for sure. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Go ahead, Dustin. I'll go all right. Back. So yeah, I got a few here. Uh, number one. This is just something I found is interesting. This was film was shot at Pinewood Studios in England. Uh, a lot of famous movies have been shot there, including 1989's Batman with uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, director and writer Neil Marshall ensured that the cast didn't see the crawlers until they were on set filming to get a more realistic and genuine reaction to their appearance. I thought that was cool. So when the when they turn around and see them behind them that's a legit reaction and they actually ran off the set screaming and, and laughing because it scared the shit out of them so bad. Oh, shit, I thought that wow. was cool. <laughs> um, the image that's used for the poster, the, the original film poster, the image that's on the poster is a photo is from a photograph from Felipe Hausman. I hope I'm saying that right. And <clears throat> that same image is actually used in the poster for the silence of the, of the lambs. So on the silence of the lambs, she's got that moth covering her mouth. Yeah. The the little pattern or design that's on the moth's back is the same exact image that's used for the Descent's movie poster. So <clears throat> I thought that was very interesting. Has no significance at all, but it's just kind of cool. Mm. Um, this is what I was talking about earlier. So there's actually a fan theory out there that the crawlers weren't real at all and that Sarah killed all of her friends as she hallucinated and went insane. And Neil Marshall actually even acknowledged it himself. And then he even admitted to removing a silhouette of a crawler from the hospital scene. So when she's running down the hallway and the lights are turning out, originally there was a silhouette of a crawler somewhere in that scene and he removed it. So when I read that, it kind of makes me wonder, like I, what you said earlier with uh, these kind of being believable monsters, because it could just be yeah. human that have right. evolved over time because they're trapped under now. Like, Maybe they're not real at all. Maybe this whole thing was a hallucination, ah, which okay. makes the U.S. ending make yeah. more sense because yep. she had been maybe she'd hallucinated all this shit and she just went crazy and killed all of her friends. Which, by the way, she That's, survived. She survived yeah. this, but I'm never going anywhere with her because everyone around her dies. But anyway, it's like it's like Sydney and Scream. I'm I'm not hanging out. Well, I want well. to. I want to hang out. Uh, last thing last thing i have is that uh one of our personal favorites tobin bell who played john kramer in the saw series he's actually said in interviews before that this is one of his favorite horror films so i thought that was interesting for me and nico one of our favorites this is one of his favorites so that was a cool little thing too I only got four. Uh, Dustin got mine about the uh, appearance of the creatures and being kept secret, which I think was really cool. Uh, the first one is the filmmakers considered it too dangerous to film in an actual cave. Yeah. It also would be it would also have been far too time consuming, so they opted to build one instead. Uh, Twenty-one separate caves were built for the film. 
the crawlers were designed to resemble Nosferatu. Uh, it took three and a half hours to transform into a crawler. I'm assuming this is after they got the makeup down pat. Uh, and they, like Dustin said, oh, they had to shave their bodies down for the makeup. And this is the last one I have. The jokey production name given during filming was Chicks with Picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, does anybody want to go first? Or I can, it doesn't matter. Go ahead, brother. All right, favorite kill is Sam. Uh, you know, she gets her throat ripped out. And I really, I think, I think the reason I pick it is just because the visual of her just hanging there, bleeding yeah. out, I thought it was awesome. Hundred percent. Uh, least favorite kill, uh, Dead Meat James picked the crawler, so I picked one too. Uh, my least favorite kill was the underwater crawler killed by Juno, the one that just killed Sam. All, uh, all she did was like twist the knife around in its side, so it kind of confused me. Like it even got killed. All right, my rating is an eight point five. Uh, I thought this movie was great back in 2005, and it still is today. Uh, the claustrophobic mood is real. The fear is real. The cinematography is excellent. You feel what they do. The only criticisms to me are the jump scares, and I really hated the score in this movie. I hated the way they used the sounds. During a lot, I think this movie would have been elite if they had no score almost through a lot of this case. Yeah. There's not going to be no music in the damn I game. Agree. Uh, and the last thing I wrote is Sarah was awesome. And I've already kind of said what I thought about Juno at the end. Go, go ahead, Mike. We'll let Dustin go third. All he right. went first last week. All right. My uh, my favorite kill is actually – actually, I agree with both of your kills, Nico. My favorite kill is uh, – see, I, I, it's Sam, right? I, I get the two Me and Mike confused. finally agree. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> kill. It's the goriest – it's the most slasher-esque kill of the of the movie to me so i really enjoy it um am i well I, I take that back my least favorite kill is actually the one that dead meat james said which is the head stop it's off screen so it's not i mean it's there's nothing there's really nothing to it so if i had to pick one it would be that one um i'm gonna give this movie an eight uh i really really like this movie it's rewatchable to me and i know that that opening however long is slow but to me, I just – I find it very enjoyable. There's a lot of good character development, and the character of Juno makes this movie so damn interesting to me because her story arc and Sarah's story arc and you know the point that Dustin brought up in his fun facts makes this movie even more damn interesting, honestly, yeah. where it could all be an illusion. Uh, I think that's really, really fucking cool if that's the case, which normally I don't like that. It's all in their head theory like everybody has with Family Guy or The Simpsons or, you know, whatever. But in this case, it, it works. And I think if that were the case, that would be really cool. Um, but I, I love I love this movie. Um, really well shot, really well made. Uh, cinematography is excellent. I like the casting. I think the cast is good. I think the acting is good. And so I'm really a big fan of this movie. So that's why it gets an 8 from me. All right. So... Here, here's where, here's where, <laughs> here's where we, here's where we draw some lines. Um, <laughs> we'll start with the kills. So my, my favorite kill was the crawler that uh, Juno killed because I thought that was a, uh, that was a coming of age moment for Juno. That was a coming of character. Like when she became herself, who, who she was supposed to be, she may, she, you know, she nutted up, she, picked the the crawler in the back and snapped a neck and that's when she really turned into a badass character and redeemed herself for her uh, shitty ways. Uh, my least favorite kill 
was uh, Beth, just because, like I said earlier, God damn, how do you you just gonna smash her face with a rock? Are we even sure that killed her? That might have just given her CTE. So <clears throat> now, if if we're being honest, my least favorite kill was Jessica because. Come on, man. That little girl didn't deserve that. But right, if, if right. we're not calling that, then, if we're not counting that, then, yeah, Beth is my least favorite kill. Um, but I do think that the the kill that you guys said, that, that was a great visual, and it was, it was gnarly. It was awesome. Um, so I agree with you there. Now, as far as my grade on the, on the movie, my rating, so I've said it a couple times now. I have to rate this movie as two pieces because the first half just really drug out so much for me. I, I could not get into it. And it took me four times to watch it before I felt like I was comfortable, uh, felt like I was comfortable doing it. Um, so that being said, first half of the movie, I give a four. It just, it, it was, it was kind of painful for me to watch second half of the movie. So once the action picks up and they're in the cave and shit's popping off, I give a 7.5. I really enjoyed the, the last half of the movie. Right. So by law of averages, this movie comes <laughs> this movie comes out to a five point seven five on my on the uh oh, on the wow. old Franklin scale there. And I apologize <laughs> if I hurt your feelings, Brian. <laughs> no, man. We all I I love everybody having different opinions. And uh actually I really love the fact that uh um you know, just I love this movie and that's why I picked it, but the fact that I've gotten now three different perspectives and way to look at this movie differently right. now since we've since we've gotten got together and talked about it. So I really love that. Um First, I'll go. Uh, I'll go ahead and read uh, Brother Drew since he uh, couldn't make it on the show. He sent us his uh, review um, of the movie, so I'm going to read his uh, his his review here. Um, the Descent is a survival of the fittest and nastiest, a tale for the just do it generation. It is also indisputably and pleasurably nerve wracking once they go into the cave. I rate it a 7.0. The worst death is Sam's throat slice, and my favorite, <laughs> and my favorite death is Beth, who is impaled through the neck with a pickaxe, later head crushed with a rock. So there's Drew. There's Drew's. You sounded just like him. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll go into mine. Um, so my my favorite one actually I have written down. Um, I, I talked about it earlier. The uh, when uh, Juno puts a flare in one of the uh, one of the monsters' mouths and and uh, sticks the climbing axe in its head. I really I really loved that one. I just I missed a uh, like a head explosion or something out of that. That's what I was kind of hoping was coming. But uh, um, it's tied with the sand throat slash and just exactly like Nico. Um, I just it was it was mostly the hanging part of it that was uh, that really kind of sold me on that. Um, my least favorite was honestly Beth's, um, head crushed with the rock. And so me and Drew have completely opposite, um, likes and dislikes with the, uh, with the final kill there, because I mean, I, I wanted, I wanted to actually, I think it would have been a lot more effective to see her head being crushed by this rock. You know, that was her best friend or I guess it was her best friend. It was implied that it was her best friend. And just, you know, seeing her face get slammed with that rock would have been just, wow. Like that would have, I think sold it a little bit better. So that was my last, uh, my least favorite kill. Um, my ranking for this is, uh, an 8.75. Um, I really like this movie. And like I said, um, you know, that's why I picked it. 
um, that and you know we kind of get into some different genres. I'm not I really don't I haven't gotten into any where I will pick a movie that I don't like yet. So uh, I'm sure that's going to come down the road. But so far, all the movies I like or I've picked, I really love. But you're not going to hurt my feelings if you didn't like it. I really, I really, really enjoyed the uh, the different outlooks um, that we've had tonight. This is one of those movies where you can kind of understand why someone didn't like it to me. Yes. You know, yeah, does that me make too. sense? Yep, I agree. Because the first, the first, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, if – I mean, I'm not going to call nobody, you know, out on their, you know, things they like. But, you know, if you want something more fast paced that you're not going to get that at all. (laughs) But it does do a really, you know, good cinematography job, atmosphere job. But, you know, that that can get kind of stale. Like, man, it's like, damn, this going to pick up at any point. Right. I I understand that. Well, and also I want to say that it's not necessarily that there was no action. So it doesn't necessarily have to be fast paced. I just feel like for as much time as it took i was only in, invested in one character yeah right. and so and that's a good we don't point. need to see them eating apples you know what i'm saying in the yeah. day, we don't need to see it's them like, eating yeah. apples. I'm, it's got to keep it's got to keep your attention whether it's slow or fast it's got to keep your attention and pique your interest and either it does or doesn't just depending on you know yeah. how you look at it so i get it but I, brian i really enjoyed this movie i i really liked it the first time i saw it and i still really liked it the you know what 15 years later i still really like this movie uh great choice um next week mike do you want to announce your pick get your pick next week or do you want to leave uh the listeners uh on the edge of their seat no let's announce it real quick i'll i'll just uh i it it was actually how i was supposed to make our co-host nico suffer through cabin in the woods but we're gonna hold that off (laughs) we've rescheduled that so he's still gonna have to suffer through it suffer Um, well, in his point, not me, pal. I love the movie. Um, but I picked another uh, movie that I that is really meta because I love I love meta horror, and we watched this recently. Um, a couple of us watched this recently as a group, had a good time with it. So now we're going to review it on the pod, and that is the sequel to the classic Scream, Scream Two. Looking forward to it. I've rewatched. I've watched all the screams, but I don't remember them. They don't. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about them so i do need to refresh it so i'm looking forward to it y'all got any final thoughts on the descent before we get out of here i'm good really good choice brian glad you picked it hey thank you thank you guys for like i said giving me a different perspective on it i mean i'm that's why one of the many reasons why i love doing this all right i'm gonna say one last thing then uh dustin's you know that or who read the the theory thing or brian was it who read the theory about that was you yeah, I call I call bullshit on that. I hate every one of those kind of fans who say, "Oh, it was just this person dream." Imagine I hate every every time somebody <laughs> brings that shit up. I, stop being too deep on a horror movie. This wasn't deep. This was they were all stuck in a cave. That's, well, that's my interpretation. I hate actually, that deep bullshit. It actually was pretty deep. They were pretty. They were several hundred feet underground. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we're well, off the rails at this point. How how did he, how, how did Dustin leave us with the dad joke and not Brian? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Uh, hope hope everyone enjoyed this review. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it and talking about it. Uh, appreciate all the support, uh, and we'll be back next week. Y'all have a good night. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.